Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the COVID insurance cases and the citation for this is 2021 UKSC 1. The facts of this case are pretty straightforward, but that shouldn't mean we underestimate the importance of this judgment that actually went directly from the High Court to the Supreme Court using the leapfrog procedure because of the urgency involved. Essentially, all it comes down to is a bunch of questions that were raised about the interpretation of certain pieces of wording within insurance policies. The coronavirus pandemic has, to say the least, been a very unique event in all of our lives, and it is not especially clear to what extent businesses are covered for all of this. The Supreme Court set out to provide some guidance as claims move forward, so let's have a look at what they said. The first question was about so-called disease clauses that cover business interruption losses that result from any occurrence of a notifiable disease within an area of usually 25 miles of the insured premises. COVID-19 was certainly a notifiable disease, as it was named as such on the 20th of March 2020 here in the UK. The real question here was what constitutes an occurrence. While the minority took a slightly stricter view, For the majority of the justices, an occurrence simply means that there had to have been at least one case of the disease within the geographical radius specified. That was a relatively simple start, and was an early win for policyholders against insurance companies. Moving on, and the Supreme Court next looked at prevention of access clauses, which cover losses resulting from government intervention that prevent access or use of the premises and hybrid clauses, which are basically a mix of disease clauses and prevention of access clauses. This is a bit different because it relies not just on the presence of a disease, but the government also taking some action as a result of the disease that interrupts the business. The lower court had said that the measures taken by the public authority should be mandatory and have the force of law, but the justices here felt that this was a little too strict as well. Instead, mere instructions given by the authority can also amount to a restriction if those instructions contain an imminent threat of legal compulsion. While that is a little vague and the Supreme Court never got into specifics, there was a clear indication that some of the statements made by the Prime Minister early on in the pandemic could satisfy this slightly broader definition. Finally on this point, the justices also looked at situations where an insurance policy specifies an inability to use the premises. This precise wording means that there has to be a complete inability to use the premises, and so a partial inability will not suffice. Nevertheless, this can also encompass situations where the premises cannot be used for specific business activity, or cannot use a specific part of the premises for a specific business activity. The next question to answer was not really about a specific clause, but instead causation. In particular, what is the causal link that has to be shown between the occurrence of a notifiable disease and the actual losses that have been incurred by an insured business? This could potentially be quite difficult because we are contrasting measures that are taken nationally with occurrences of COVID-19 within a defined radius. When talking about the law of causation, it is common to speak about the but-for test, whereby we ask if an event would have occurred but for the other. 
In that sense, the national measures taken by the government didn't happen simply because of the outbreak in one small geographical region. So is there legal causation here? For the Supreme Court, the only sensible answer is yes. The measures taken by the government were a response to the presence of COVID-19 in the UK as a whole, and so any individual occurrences were equally effective proximate causes of that action. The justices noted that this is one of the pitfalls of using the but-for test, because there may be situations where a whole range of events contribute to some result, but none of those individual events themselves could really be viewed as a necessary cause. In those rare situations, a common sense approach to causation is needed. Of course, the business was not shut down because of one case of coronavirus, but the pandemic as a whole did cause the businesses to close. Moving on, and the next question takes us towards the quantification of loss by looking at the so-called trends clauses. These measure loss by comparing the performance of a business to an earlier period when things were not interrupted. But crucially, they can also take into account other things such as trends in the industry, hence the name. In theory, this means that the insurance payouts might be reduced because the trend in 2020 was that all businesses were struggling because of the pandemic. However, the Supreme Court held that this would not be right because it would essentially mean reducing the COVID-19 payout because of COVID-19. In other words, the business would get less money precisely because of the risk that they had insured against. And that is clearly not right. All of this links in with the other argument made by the insurers that they should be able to make reductions to payouts based on the downward trend caused by the pandemic, but before it was a notifiable disease that triggered an insurance claim. Once again, this was rejected because it would reduce a COVID-19 payout because of COVID-19. The last question for the justices to answer concerned a piece of case law, namely the 2010 High Court case of Orient Express Hotels Limited and Assuriazioni Generali. This was another insurance case that looked at damage that had been done to a hotel following a hurricane in New Orleans. It was held that the policy did not cover business losses that emanated from the overall damage done to the city from the hurricane, and so it was used by the insurance companies here to argue that their own policies did not cover business losses that emanated from the overall pandemic. Unfortunately for them, the Supreme Court took this opportunity to lay down that this case had been wrongly decided and should now be formally overturned. The first thing that I would note about this case is that it is a good example of the speed with which the English legal system can operate when it needs to. There will be a lot of insurance claims that arise out of the pandemic, worth millions of pounds, and litigation over whether companies can or cannot get a payout could potentially be lengthy, put the future viability of those businesses at risk, and therefore do significant damage to the economy. It is unlikely that these proceedings will be the end of all disputes over the range of insurance policies, but by answering some of the essential questions now, the lower courts can feel more confident in their judgments, and these will be a lot less likely to be subject to appeals. In many cases, we can hope that some of the more scrupulous companies will just pay out, where it is clear that their policies do indeed cover business losses arising out of the pandemic. And those payouts will surely be coming. It certainly seems that on most accounts, the Supreme Court either rejected or distanced itself from the arguments of the insurance companies. 
While it is not surprising that the insurance companies are seeking to limit their own liability on this front, it would be especially harsh if the clauses that seem designed to protect against something like the coronavirus were not allowed to do so when they were needed the most. As the country now looks to slowly be recovering from the devastation of the past 12 months, this judgement gives hope to a range of businesses that have really struggled. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week, and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you are interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!